everybody, another edition of Live Music Magazine, and we are in Bennigan's with Nick Brower, singer, songwriter, used to have your own recording studio, Christian singer, Kingdom Mind Media <laughs> owner. Is there anything else I've missed? Probably, but if, if you forgot it, it's not worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Let's start back with your musical career, right when you were first getting interested in, when was that? Oh, probably, well really, I mean, I've, I've sung as long as I can remember almost, you know, since I was a young, young kid, um, but, you know, when I started to actually uh, play around with the idea of songwriting and whatnot, it was about grade six. Um, and then kind of first picked up an instrument in uh, grade seven, eight, somewhere in there. And uh, yeah, kind of the rest is history after that, you know. But, uh, you know, it was just steady incline, you know, practicing and learning and everything like that. But uh, So which instruments did you, were you attracted to? Like, yeah, so, well, in school, you know, I played clarinet, so I had an oh, yeah. understanding of the notes and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'd pick clarinet because that's where all the girls were. Um, <laughs> You know, so that that was actually helpful to to understand music a little bit beforehand going into it, and uh, from there, anyways, when I started actually, um, you know, pursuing after songwriting of my own or or learning the songs that I actually enjoyed, was uh, it was guitar first. Okay. And then it was like I say, it was always singing. Uh, so singing was always the primary, and then the instruments were secondary. But yeah, so the first instrument I learned was guitar. So basically your theory and then singing was always a part of mm -hmm. the first part. Yeah. Um, did you kind of kind of lean into one more than another or was it equally on, like you really enjoyed singing and guitar playing? Was like a, a dual? Uh, no, like I say, I think, yeah, early on and even continued up till now, I would say that singing is, you know, it takes the forefront. Um, and then actually after that, I would even say that the songwriting took second seat right. and any instrumental uh, played after after that uh, you know for the amount of years I've been playing guitar yeah. I should be able to shred like nobody else but uh, but I've, I just never put the time into learning those chops you know it was yeah. always working on songwriting or working on my voice or whatnot so, so how many years have you been doing like yeah so I'm 37 now 37, yeah okay. so it would so have been your influence old, like 11 years old probably when I started like really kind of singing songwriting idea uh, so who were your influences back then there's anything <laughs> man there's everything under the sun for sure you know yeah. like at a young age I remember like what I grew up listening to well when I was really young I wanted to be a cowboy you know so listening to the country music was was all okay. was all of where it was at and uh, and kind of the golden oldies you know so I was raised on country and the golden oldies that's yeah. that's for sure where a lot of that came from uh, learned my harmonies in church, going and visiting my grandma's church in a small town um, where they all still just sung parts and everything right. like that. It was Honestly, it was fundamental for, for my knowledge of how to sing harmony, and that's almost a lost art these days, you know. A lot of people can sing the melody, but they can't pick out where the harmony is. So. Right. Um, but then, you know, into those, those later years, but they were still early years, grade six around there, I was really into like hip hop, like MC Hammer, you know, so that's what I was getting into. And then really when I started playing guitar and whatnot, though, 
Um, by that point, I'd gotten into punk and grunge, so it was Nirvana and Green Day and Alice in Chains and wow. stuff like that. Yeah, so. so it kind of morphed into yeah, 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 yeah so and that much. kind of pushed away like the whole country thing for yeah. quite a while. You yeah. know, it was like, oh, country's crap. You know, but yeah. uh, but then you know, bring us full circle these days. You know, well, yesterday I was sitting there working all day, and I was listening to country. I was listening to hardcore music, and then like this morning, I had on like teeny pop stuff. You know, so you know that's the thing, though. I think music is so is has become so fluid, where yeah. we see such a blending of the genres, where you can hear a song and you can pick out, uh, you know, pop influence for sure. You can pick out country influence, soul influence, R&B, you can pick out rock and grit and and then underneath yeah. all of that a it's lot of the times there's like this punk attitude, you know, yeah. and that's that's often what I find myself really drawn to is this, you know, kind of fight the system or at least question the system at the very least, you know. And I think that's that's prevalent in a lot of music, or at least a lot of music that I find myself drawn to. But. Well, a lot of the music that we listen to, like what I listened to in the 80s was just redone from yeah. before like, a yeah. lot of people don't realize it. Well, yeah. it's the original no it's not right. actually right. it was in the 50s yeah so, and we're seeing that again now yeah it's kind of morphing yeah. again yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> were you always into the faith based music or was this just right from your younger days and it kind of morphed into now or how, when did that come back yeah I mean faith has always been an element to who I am like I came to Christ at a young age very young age um, like I say, I, I grew up going to church, not just at my grandma's church. We would go visit. That's where I would pick out the harmonies, like I was saying. But we grew up going to church here in Lloydminster, actually. And yeah. uh, uh, so, like, it's always been there. But all that being said, like, my my earliest remembrances of really picking apart music and finding out what was going on was, like, grade three, four. I remember listening to the radio, recording onto a cassette tape, and then, playing back you know play pause play pause and you're writing down the lyrics you know you're dissecting the music and finding out what's going on and that stuff was like motley Crue, alice cooper and you know that kind of stuff right the hair metal in the 80s that's where i grew up right so um you know so i was definitely wasn't limited to faith-based music but it's always been there for sure yeah so when did you start deciding like you wanted to go into a band did you create your own band back in those days or was it always solo or yeah um yeah, really, really in a in a typical kind of band format was probably about grade eight, I think it was, and we had a little three piece, and uh, like I say, we were doing a lot of like Nirvana and Green Day, uh, as well as writing our own stuff, you know, and then we got into Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like that, as kind of a, of the same, you know, in the same era, um, but even before that, like when the first songs that I started writing were with a good buddy of mine, and he ended up like we've almost always played in a band together over the past. 25 years and uh, you know and, and we started writing like hip-hop R&B sort of stuff just the two of us and uh, so that's that's where it really started of, of this idea of we could be a band and we can release music you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's hip-hop wow that's, <laughs> I never would have thought that in you Nick <laughs> um, and so did you kind of morph from like having bands and then go into solo or you always had your solo project on the side? Yeah, not always, for sure. Um, it was, you know, for a long time it was bands, 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 bands. Um, and then, yeah, the first kind of foray into the solo stuff was 
uh, would have been late 2004, I guess, where um, we had a hard rock band at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was writing these other songs that just, just didn't fit. They yeah. were just acoustic songs, you know? This is like some of them we did end up bringing in and, and bringing the full band and, and up in the you know amplitude a little bit on them and stuff like that. But but a lot of them just didn't apply, you know. So I ended up with a whole album worth of material, um, and so released a solo album, and then um, and just kind of sold that in conjunction. Like we'd have our merch table and we'd be selling our CDs, and then I'd have mine there as well, and so sold a few CDs that way for sure. Um, but then really. Uh, stepped out into the solo uh, push in about yeah it was, it was actually 2007 because um, I'd gone out and I had done the whole Canadian Idol experience and that really gave me the push I needed to uh, say hey no I can actually do this as a career so that's really when I started pushing towards that way and so uh, I regurgitated some of those songs from that first album in, at the end of 04 um, and kind of condensed them down I had I think that was 15 songs on that album and I, I put out a 12 song album of the same music using those same songs but uh, under a different name and then started touring under that and okay. yeah and then actually ended up doing that for about two years full-time under oh. the name of the timeless and and about probably about 50% of the time it was solo and then and you know the other 50% I would bring out a bassist and a drummer with me yeah so Canadian Idol you you went for yeah yeah I didn't know that yeah yeah so, so yeah 07 uh, did the audition in Saskatoon okay and uh, so you you know you make it through there's I think three rounds of um, you're just auditioning before production assistance right. and then you get to go back a couple of days later or whatever it was uh, to see the actual judges so how you far know. did you get yeah so yeah, I'd made it through all those production rounds uh, with the production assistants and then saw the judges, got the gold ticket. So I went to Toronto it's a couple weeks after that, I think it was. Um, and then, so Toronto is five days. I made it to day four. Yeah. yeah so. Wow. Yeah. That's really impressive. <laughs> it probably met a lot of key contacts. You kind of kept in contact with a lot of the singers. or was it, Yeah, yeah, was for it? a time at least. Uh, I don't know if I could pick anybody out now, but yeah. uh, like I say, that was... So that was well, 11 years ago now. Um, but yeah, for a number of years, I definitely kept in contact with several of them and, and yeah. kind of tracked their progress and whatnot as well. And Well, you know, the probably the most notable from that season was Carly Rae Jepsen. Right. You know, so I remember hanging out with her backstage and stuff like that. And then, nice. you know, next thing you know, call me maybe, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you say you were a director before or producer? Yeah, so um, yeah. In, right in that same timeline, so about uh, probably 2001, 2002, I, I started a record label and ran that for, um, yeah, probably about 10 years, I guess. Uh, really ran it strong for about five or six of those years. Um, so over those years had probably about 50 bands through the roster, I would say. Wow. Um, and yeah, it, was, it wasn't a big deal, like when I would sign somebody on, it wasn't like I was, you know, making them yeah. a millionaire or anything like that, but it was just a way of, a vessel of getting their music out to right. more than the, the 30 people that they had in their kind of sphere of influence in their so, town or whatnot. So. so you're kind of work with the up-and-comers and yeah. kind of get them going. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, a few of those acts did end up, you know, kind of graduating on and going to a little bit bigger of a label. Again, they're not names that 
most people would even recognize as a you know a dinner table conversation kind of thing but i was proud to see some of those guys go on and do bigger things so so do you stop that like yeah yeah um yeah i really brought it down to really just kind of my own acts in about 08 i think it was um Kind of right in that same time, I was pursuing doing music full time. Oh, okay, so you wanted my, to kind yeah. of change your direction. Yeah, and go yeah, towards, yeah, yeah. So it ended up being where uh, you know I just got tired of losing money at, at promoting other bands, <laughs> and yeah. so I wanted to focus on my own uh, career at that point in time. And then, um, and then even then, I just ended up shutting it down because it was just releasing my music through it. And what's the point, right. you know? So, so your solo was just your name, like Nick Brower Music. Actually, when I when I started doing it um, full time and touring and everything like that, I was actually touring under the name The Timeless. The Timeless. Okay. The Timeless. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. So I did, like I say, I did that for about two years, two and a half years, um, and then at at that point in time, we had actually as our our family. Um, so I've got two daughters that are, are our own, um, and then we'd actually adopted a son, and uh, he was four years old when we got him and he was struggling with me being on the road for a couple weeks at a time and stuff yeah. like that. He needed that kind of really uh, secure home environment. Yeah. So came in off the road and uh, got a regular Joe job and and <laughs> yeah. shut down the timeless and and then uh, really wasn't doing much music at all at that point in time, just the odd gig as I was asked, but I wasn't pursuing anything anymore at that point. What genre was the timeless? So the timeless was folk rock. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so like I say, it kind of started from that uh, acoustic songwriting, um, and then uh, yeah, it really stayed kind of in that area for sure. And, and any of the songs that I was doing, I could do with just me and my guitar, mm -hmm. or you could add in a couple extra instruments and then do full band versions of them as well. But it was really yeah, that folky, little bit of country influence, but definitely still with that rock edge and and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I was really. It was in '07, '08. <laughs> yeah, really 07 through 09, so yeah, stopped in late spring 09, I think. And then you took uh, some time off, and then how long of a break was that? Yeah, so um, after I stopped that, uh, like I say, I still did a couple gigs here and there, and then it was just my name, it was Nick Brower. That's right. when it became okay. no longer the timeless, just Nick Brower. Yeah. Um, just so there wouldn't be you know, some of the expectation that might have come along with the name yeah. The Timeless. Um, but uh, yeah, I did the odd gig here and there. But then, uh, you know, really then in 2011, we actually moved down to Mexico for two years. Oh, right. Um, so we were doing mission work down there. Oh, okay. And uh, and then, so yeah, I was doing music down there, but uh, not in the great in the kind of the same regard as looking for gigs and and yeah. trying to you know kind of do that aspect. It was just you know leading the teams that were down there and stuff like that and singing. Yeah. But so really, it wasn't until. Uh, came back to Canada that kind of started pushing into it again. I guess that being said, as I, as I said that, I realized that while I was there, I did actually release, um, you know, a Christmas album and, and a couple singles here and there and stuff like that. But Okay. Yeah. Always kept active. Yeah. yeah. Um, so last, I think it was last year, I saw you perform on stage at Hope For More. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been, and yeah, it would have been the fall before last. last yeah. 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 And that was your other band that was um, The Appeal, right? Yeah. But that wasn't called that. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Was, so yeah, you got it. Yeah, so... There was like yeah. five? 
Yep. Five yeah, so the appeal is what it, what has become is a cover band, and yeah, so it's a five piece. Um, although we have done the odd gig with just four of us when, right. when somebody couldn't make it or whatnot. So we've got a little bit of crossover in instruments where somebody, you know, like Jill plays violin and keyboard okay. when necessary, and, and Graham plays lead guitar and keyboard. So, uh, so like we played here on St. Patrick's Day, yeah. and Graham wasn't able to make it. So a couple of the songs where his lead licks I can't quite cut, we just didn't do those songs, you know? And then Jill played a little more keyboard than she usually does to cover over his, his end of things and, and stuff like that. So we can, we can kind of bounce around that way a little bit. But, uh, but anyways, yeah, to, to kind of get back to your question, the hope for more, uh, it would ended up being this lineup that, uh, so I was actually asked to play at the event. Yeah. Um, and so I just assembled a band of, of people that I enjoyed playing with. And so it was those five, and then after that event, we decided, you know, let's let's actually do this because um, kind of what's happened in my history. Everybody yeah. knows that I've always been playing music and stuff yeah. like that. So Christmas time rolls around, and I get asked, without fail, I get asked every year to play at somebody's corporate Christmas party. Yeah. And uh, you know, when we were doing the hard rock band back in the day, we were only doing originals, no covers at all. Okay. And so we would always turn them down. No, you don't. You don't want our band playing. <laughs> I know what people want at a corporate Christmas party is they want a cover band. They want songs they recognize, can sing along with, can dance to. And that's just not what we were doing at that point in time. Um, but anyways, yeah, so that, getting back to last year there when we assembled that band, it was like, okay, you know what? Here we are. We've got all of us who are capable and able. You know, let's let's actually do this. Do you guys want to do some cover music and, and play some Christmas parties and stuff like that? And they were all into it, so... We went for it, and uh, and yeah, so we landed on the name The Appeal as, you know, kind of play on words, you know, we want to uh, be appealing to people as they listen okay, to us, right? Okay. And uh, and even though we're doing cover tunes, you know, we want our music to still mean something or, or our conversations with people or whatnot to mean something. And, and so from that side of things, you always have The Appeal. It's like a call out, right? Like... We're asking you to do this. What are you going to do about it? It's, it's an appeal for action, you okay. know, or a call to action, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. it's kind of interesting how like you got that call from was like I guess Natalie called you mm -hmm. to do that, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's like you have this brainchild going, wow, yeah, let's do that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. One of those thunderbolt moments. Yeah, yeah. Aha! Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. <laughs> Why don't we yeah. start a band? <laughs> when did you know? Like kind of going back in your memory, when did you know that in your mind that was there a significant moment that happened that you said, "I want to be on stage. I want to sing. I love this." Or was it just hmm. developed because of going to your church all the time, or was it some other thing that influenced you? Maybe a person, or just I don't know. If, I might have to think about it to pinpoint one moment or, or, or person or whatnot, but um, it's it's possible that church had something to do with it, because you're up on a stage and, yeah. and whatnot, and you're so there were moments where, yeah, there was like, from a young age, like I remember going on stage with my mom and singing a special number with her or something right, like yeah. that, you know so that was always there and, and probably took away a little bit of that stage fright that might hinder some yeah. from getting started in it um but then from the aspect of, of being a performer, you know, yeah. and, and doing it in that way, it was probably just 
going to concerts, you know, um, like I say, so I, I don't know if I can pinpoint one, Okay. Yeah. you know, but, you know, just, you know, from probably grade five through grade seven, there were, there was probably a handful of concerts that I attended and it was like, and I knew I had a decent voice, you know, and I felt like, yeah, that is something that I could probably do, you know? Like, hey, I can do that too. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's kind of interesting because I mean, there's certain times where you just have that moment of wow. Yeah. Just, like the first time I saw my first concert photo was from a photographer, uh, Matty Vogel, and he had a jump shot. I um, can't remember the band he was shooting, but I saw it. I was just mesmerized going, mm. I have to do that. Mm. It's like that moment of boom going into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like you say, I think there have been moments since you know where I've where I've been at another event or concert or seen something like you say a, a yeah. video or or something on yeah. TV or something like that, and you know I could do a spin on that in my own act right. or something like yeah. that where I've implemented things that I've seen. I can I can yeah. think about things like that for sure. Yeah. yeah. So the appeal is is the current band, but are you going back solo now? Yeah. Uh, you know, since like I say. Um, shutting down the timeless Nick Brower music has always kind of been there yeah um, and then you know there have been points where it's where it's kind of uh, you know grown like like uh, yeah what's the word ascended like a, a hill or a cliff you know and then there's been moments where it's dipped into a valley you know and stuff like that but um, simultaneous with the appeal I've been doing Nick Brower gigs yeah. as well um, playing down at the local farmer's market and stuff like that. Playing at the Prude a few times in the last couple of years here. And uh, um, so, yeah, Nick Brower music is always going to be there as there, well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but that being said, yeah, right now I'm kind of in that, in that mold where um, I guess I've got the bug, you know, where I'm yeah. ready to step it up another level and, right. and start doing a little more, you know, more than just a handful of gigs a year. Yeah. Um, you and specialize in a certain genre or you're kind of more cover or you know it's it's or? it's kind of like i was mentioning at the beginning of the interview where you know in music as a whole i think we see cross genres coming in and, yeah. and kind of everything interwoven and that's the more i think about it that's kind of what i want to do in in the next album is uh is bring in all those different elements like okay. i released a single last year that was really like almost edm um, yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> and but Armin when Van I, Buren, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I'll do that one live, and I've done it just acoustic, where it's just me and my guitar, and it and it comes off well. Mm-hmm. And I've also played it with the kind of the dancey backing track with right. my guitar, and it comes off almost like dancey country. You know, so uh, that track that I released was was basically like a demo track. I've always meant to go back and. Yeah. and release a better version of it anyways but when I do I'll, I'm gonna add that guitar in and, and like the acoustic guitar and uh, you know just kind of redo some of my voice yeah. on it and stuff like that so there's gonna be songs like that on it and then there's gonna be songs like I've got I've got a new song that I've been working on that's that's really kind of just gritty acoustic punk almost you know so that next album I think is gonna be a little bit of this a little bit of that there's songs on there that are just like they would play on country radio today hmm. you know so 
a little, little bit of everything. Progress, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. You know, and I, I'd like to see elements of, of each of those in each song so it doesn't feel kind of disparaged where it's just yeah. where there's a steady theme going through the whole thing, but it kind of goes up and down. So, okay. Yeah. So, singer, songwriter, entrepreneur. <laughs> so, you own Kingdom Mind Media. Yeah. And actually, this is a business card that I got made from you. Yeah. <laughs> I like the little design on there. Um, you also have a full like full printing or yeah. um, you do obviously merchandise. Yep. So band merch, all the bands out there, this is the guy right there. <laughs> uh, T-shirts, mugs, yep. you name it. So yeah, yeah, you betcha. Yeah, a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, signs, you know, I was up in Vermillion last week hanging right. a sign, you know, on the front of a building. Um, yeah, like you say, for sure, merch. Done you know, even when I was doing my record label, I had a little company at the same time doing uh, CD replication, you know, so I've done hundreds of albums of, you know, CD art, CD jackets, everything like that. And that's something I continue to do today. Um, you know, CD design, bands, logos, uh, merchandise. But uh, but again, it's not just limited to bands, you know, for sure. It's, it's on the professional side of things. You know, I work with all sorts of local businesses from oil field to you know, nail techs, you know, and everything well, in between, so, yeah. So, and it seems like you're busy as it is, like, so you're full-time with this <laughs> yeah. business, yeah. singing, you got a family. Yeah, yeah. What else do you do with your spare time, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, your future projects would include, obviously, looking to make that new album. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking for more gigs. Yeah. Um, how far do you want to travel? that yeah you know I've I've uh, unpromptu but I or impromptu but I even played a gig one time in Dominican Republic <laughs> wow. that's a far away <laughs> no, we were part of this guy yeah, right right Dominican. no we were there on vacation one time okay, actually yeah. and uh, we ended up just meeting a it was a large group of people from Canada there were I think there was like 20 or 25 of us ended up being from Canada and we just hung out with this crew all week long and and nearer to the end of the week okay they they finally they wanted to hear something that was that was right in the height of when i was touring and everything like that like the night before we actually left on that trip i didn't sleep at all because i had played a gig drove home to pack up our bags and then drive to the airport you know so i slept on the plane that was it but uh, but anyways yeah so they had all found out that i was playing music and all wanted to hear something so we found a guitar from one of the, i don't know it was one of the resort workers i think yeah. had a guitar or something like that so i played a short little set for the, everybody there and nice. they enjoyed it but but <laughs> yeah but yeah i know i like when i was touring it was it was really bc alberta saskatchewan manitoba um but yeah i mean if if the call is right i mean i'm gonna go anywhere for sure so, nice so yeah. i'll post links on cool here for so it's nick for our music on facebook.com um, Kingdom Mind Media, I'll put a link to that. You can check out his merchandise and, and other stuff. Um, the Appeal, does that The Appeal.ca. Appeal.ca. Yeah. Four things going there. Well, thanks very much. It's yeah. been good. Yeah, it has.